Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Monday, February the 28th, 2022. And on today's podcast, we are going to preview the Kentucky Ole Miss basketball game. The Rebels come to Rupp Arena on Tuesday night for a 7 o'clock tip-off. The game uh, will be telecast by ESPN. Kentucky is coming off that 75-73 loss to Arkansas on Saturday. The Cats are now 12-4 and in the SEC. They are in a three-way tie for second place in the SEC going into Tuesday night's play. Auburn Auburn's struggling a little bit here lately. They're 13-3 and in the SEC. They lost to Tennessee over the weekend. So Kentucky, Tennessee, and Arkansas, all three are 12-4 and right behind the Tigers there in the SEC standings. Ole Miss has had their struggles this year. They're just 4-12 in the league. They're 13-16 and overall. They lost at home to Texas A&M 76-66 on Saturday. Uh, Kermit Davis's team has been hurt by uh, injuries uh, this year off and on. They lost a really good freshman guard about halfway through the season to a torn ACL. They've lost uh, five, uh, yeah, five of their last six games coming into the game on Saturday. But they're capable of playing a good game against Kentucky. I think Kermit does a good job overall. Uh, it could be a little tougher game than maybe some people expect. And to preview the game, I talked with Parrish Offord, who covered sports columnist with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Parrish has covered Ole Miss athletics for a lot of years. He covers both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And then after my conversation with Parrish, you'll hear from Chin Coleman, UK basketball assistant coach, who talked to the media this morning about the uh, about the Arkansas loss, about the upcoming games. Also talked a lot about Davion Mintz. It will be Davion Mintz's senior night on Tuesday night uh, when Kentucky takes on the Rebels. So first, we'll get to Parrish Offord of the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. And after that, you'll hear from Chin Coleman, UK basketball assistant coach. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Parrish Alford, a sports columnist with the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Parrish has covered Ole Miss athletics for years. How's it going, Parrish? John, it's going great, man. How are you? I am doing great. Uh, Kentucky and Ole Miss on Tuesday night at Rupp. It's a 7 o'clock start on ESPN. Parrish, what about this Ole Miss basketball team? I know they've had their struggles this year, had some injuries. Let's back up. What, what were the expectations for this team coming into this season? You know, I think the expectations, uh, at least by the coaches, had them in the lower half of the league. Uh, so they've they've met those expectations. I thought they might be a, I thought they might be a little better than that. But like so many teams, it was going to depend on, you know, what they got out of their transfers. And you know, they had a, a decent looking transfer class. They just, uh, you know, haven't excelled uh, to the level that that this team needs, uh, the transfers or not. Then you add that, uh, add in just uh, a, a rash of injuries. And uh, it's just been, you know, several different factors that have kind of uh, led Ole Miss to where it is. And where it is, is despite the record, it, it's been a team that uh, has been competitive most nights, 
Uh, it certainly was not against Texas A&M, but, uh, you know, they, they've had moments. They had a nice win at LSU. Right. Uh, they took Tennessee to overtime in Knoxville. Yeah, they uh, were leading Auburn at halftime at home and, uh, you know, gave out and lost by, uh, you know, seven or eight or whatever that was. Uh, you know, they've had games, they've had moments, uh, but they just uh, haven't had many wins. So the Texas A&M game where they were just uh, dominated from start to finish, that was kind of an outlier. You talk about the injuries. One guy that they lost was, to me, looked like a very promising freshman in uh, Deshaun Ruffin. Uh what? How bad? Obviously, that had to hurt them. Uh, have they, has it hurt them even more than they expected? You think? I think so. It's been an interesting. Uh, it was an interesting year for Deshaun because uh, everything I heard about him. Now you, you saw the, you know, the the recruiting hype and everything, and McDonald's All American and all that. Uh, but you still don't know how that guy is going to transfer to the college level as a freshman. But everything I heard about him was that he was going to be a dynamic player, an impact player, and he comes out in the season opener and breaks a hand, okay? So, so he's gone for like six weeks. Uh, he comes back, and, and he gradually works his way into basically becoming their best scorer, a, a, a double-digit guy, a guy who can who could create off the dribble and, and create for teammates and things like that. And, and all of this from somebody, you know, as a true freshman who missed like the first you know, six weeks of uh, of the regular season. I mean, you know, where he was when he tore the ACL against LSU compared to the time that he did not have at the beginning of the season, it was uh, really an impressive transformation. Uh, that being said, this Ole Miss team has just has never had their best players on the floor together while, uh, while Ruffin was growing and, and creating uh, Jarkel Joyner was out, you know, with, with the back injury. So they, you know, I think the two of them could have been a nice backcourt, but they haven't been on the floor at the same time. Uh, they also lost one of their better post players early in the year. Uh, Robert Allen with, uh, with a knee, I think an ACL he's been, you know, out for the year and you know, that's really hurt them in terms of front court depth and rebounding. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, there've been some uh, different uh, injuries here or there, but just, you know, the absence of Joyner for a stretch and now the absence of uh, of Ruffin, the inability to get those guys on the floor together, that, that's really hurt this team. One guy who has seemed to play pretty well, I, just looking from afar, is Matthew Morrell. Uh, can you talk a little bit about him and some other guys that Kentucky fans should look for on Tuesday night? Yeah, Matthew Morrell has uh, taken the step that you hope a guy will take from freshman to sophomore. He was another highly recruited player, and, and he's come in. and you know, it, it didn't really make that uh, Deshaun Ruffin kind of impact last year as a freshman, but he's made that growth. He's shown that development that you, you want to see from any player, and, and really uh, uh, it's just very confident with, uh, with the ball in his hands uh, and his ability to, you know, to uh, get to the rim and create plays that way, and, and he's a good shooter, so he's – you know, he might be their best offensive player right now, along with Joyner. Um, you know, he's he's just really shown a nice jump from year one to year two. And what about uh, – what kind of season has uh, Brakefield had, the kid who transferred from Duke? You talked about the transfers e- 
earlier. I mean, anybody who's from Duke and then transfers, I'm you know, is going to get a lot of publicity. But what kind of year has he had? It just um, not a very good year, really. You know, it's, he's been rather uh, inconsistent. I think, yeah, like like you're saying here, when you you hear Duke transfer, you know, coming to Ole Miss, I mean, I think the expectation is going to be a you know, double figures and that kind of thing. And, and, uh, you know, that's, that's not where he's been. And, you know, I watch, uh, uh, Jamin Brakefield and I see a guy, I think with, uh, with a nice basketball IQ and I see a guy with some athletic ability, just not a lot of quickness. It looks like, uh, he makes good decisions on, on what to do and, and how to do, but sometimes he's just not quick enough, uh, in the execution, but, uh, he's not, uh, uh, been the guy that they thought he would be. Now, you know, a couple of other transfers here. They picked up Ty Fagan from Georgia. Georgia right. Yeah, who's a, uh, you know, not uh, not known as a dominant offensive player, but a guy who could jump up and get you seventeen on a given night. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just kind of a slasher, uh, a hustler. Uh, you know, against A and M when they weren't getting anything going, it was. It was Fagan who, at the end of the shot clock, twice uh, ended up with the ball and knocked down a couple of threes. Uh, bank, banked one of them, but uh, just just that kind of player, you know, mostly a, a slasher and a hustler. Nicere Brooks, a seven footer uh, from Miami, uh, is you know he's he's been a good piece uh, again. Not a not the guy. This team just lacks that guy that they're going to put the ball in his hands at the end of games, you know, Joyner's been pretty good with that, but when he's out, it's just kind of, uh, you know, disarray. You don't really know who that is. Uh, and Nicere has been a guy that, that, uh, he's again, he's had some games, he's had some moments. LSU did a good job of focusing on him and, and frustrating him, uh, in Baton Rouge. Um, but, uh, you know, a, Again, he's he's got nice moves around the basket. If he catches the ball in some advantage position, uh, he's got a good chance to score. Uh, Parrish Kermit Davis this is his fourth year at Ole Miss. Went won twenty games, took Ole Miss to the NCAA tournament. His first year has had some struggles since then. What uh, what's the fan base? How do the fan base feel right now about Kermit and the job he's doing after such a long run and successful run he had at Middle Tennessee? Yeah, I think there's uh, there's frustration. They'd like to win more games, and I, I guess uh, at Ole Miss, frustration kind of shows in in apathy in crowds, and you know, and, and that sort of thing. It's like a lot of places when you win, man. There's a a lot more enthusiasm, and 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 people are at the games. Uh, you know, I, I don't guess Kentucky deals with those problems. These are like <laughs> probably non non Kentucky problems with basketball, John. But uh, that's that's kind of where this fan base is. Uh, you know, I look at Kermit and I see, you know, as you mentioned, a guy who jumped onto the scene with, uh, you know, the team he inherited and a, an NBA player there, Terrence Davis, and you know, put that team together and you know had some big wins, got to the NCAA tournament. Uh, they kind of fell off uh, the next year, the, the COVID, or the year that the tournament was canceled. Uh, you know, last year they had a nice run, got to the bubble, didn't get in, you know, got got to the edge of the tournament uh, with Devontae Shuler kind of leading the way and, and, and didn't get over the hump. Uh, this year it's just, you know, there have been a, a number of different factors, but, uh, you know, they just uh, haven't been able to uh, put the wins together. They, they've competed most of the time, 
Uh, but you know, it's it's an it's an uninspiring group right now. So what would they have to do on Tuesday night to pull off what would be a really big upset? I think coming coming into Rep Arena on Tuesday. Yeah, it would be a really a it would be a really big upset. But again, this team can go on the road and, and take Tennessee to overtime. Uh, right. You know, I, there's some capability. I, I like you would be quite stunned if it happened. <laughs> Uh, they would have to play a uh, near perfect. They would need, uh, you know, a big game from Jorner. They would need Ty Fagan to jump up and, and have one of those games that you see from him every now and then, uh, you know, nice Brooks would have to get a lot of things done on the inside. <clears throat> and honestly, uh, you know, it, they've got a lot of different, uh, pieces that can do a little bit. And if they all do those things at the same time, I think that's what it would take for them to win at Kentucky. Paris, before I let you go, I want to ask you a football question. Uh, job Lane Kiffin has done there. I know a lot of enthusiasm about Ole Miss. I just read where Ole Miss is, uh, sounds like they're opening their wallets to keep their staff, to try to keep the staff and be very competitive in the league uh, uh, with their assistant coaches. Uh, what What is the feeling about Ole Miss football right now and uh, coming off of last year and headed towards next season? I think the uh, the feeling about Ole Miss football right now is uh, is really exciting yeah. around here. Uh, you know, they lose a a dominant quarterback. You've got to be elite at that position. You know, you can yeah. you can have uh, talent at other places, but if if you're going to really compete at a high level, you have to be elite at quarterback. And and that's what Matt Corral was for two seasons. He played like that. So now he's gone, and and uh, you know they were kind of. Uh, you know, wondering what that position was going to look like. And, you know, now they've brought in uh, Jackson Dart, the transfer from uh, Southern Cal, uh, you know, a national player of the year uh, in high school. So there's a lot of optimism there uh, for Ole Miss. But I think the thing, John, is this program needs to see sustained success. Mm-hmm. You know, o- Ole Miss has been a you know, a program that, that jumped up a little bit uh, under David Cutcliffe. You know, it jumped up with uh, with Hugh Freeze. It jumped up to a couple of back-to-back Cotton Bowls with Houston Nutt. There, there's been no sustained success. There's been, uh, you know, an NCAA investigation in there. and Certainly that's played into it as well. Uh, and, and frankly, uh, sustained success uh, might depend on, um, you know, how long Lane Kiffin stays, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I think Lane brings a lot to the table, certainly as a as a play caller and, and a coach. Uh, but right now, the feeling is uh, after winning 10 games in the regular season for the first time in school history, and Ole Miss has a nice football history. Now, it was right. yeah. you know, a, a lot of it was a long time ago. But uh, to do something like that for the first time, I thought uh, was impressive. Um and now it looks like he's been able to hit the spots in the portal that he really needed to hit. You know, there's a quarterback, a nice running back coming in, you know, the uh, receivers, you know, I, I'm hesitant to use the word reload, mm-hmm. but, but that's kind of what it looks like. Like they have uh, some really good offensive pieces coming in. I think they'll be good on that side of the ball again. I think they have a chance to be good on defense again. I mean, there's reason to expect this team to uh, be strong again uh, this fall. 
Yeah, well, it looks like, I mean, like he's done a terrific job there. You know, talking about the quarterbacks, I remember uh, uh, years ago when Jackie Sherrill was at Mississippi State uh, at the SEC Media Days one year there, and Jackie, I remember Jackie saying, you can talk about uh, this and that, you can talk about whatever you want, but in this league, you better have a quarterback. So I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, you you, you got to be, you can't just be very good there. No, you, you've got not to in this be league. Elite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's for yeah. sure. But it's basketball on Tuesday night at Rupp Arena with Kentucky taking on Ole Miss. Uh, Parrish, remind the listeners uh, how they can find you online, how they can follow you on Twitter, and uh, how they can follow the coverage here at the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal uh, on the Cats and the Rebels on Tuesday night. Yeah, I'm, I'm online at uh, on Twitter at, at Parrish Alford. And, you know, we have two Facebook groups that have done really well for us. It's a daily journal highlighting our, our college coverage. And that's Mississippi State discussion with Parrish Alford and Stefan Kreisnick and Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford and Michael Katz. And uh, that's an easy way to find us in social media. Lots of good things there. And they can find us also at djournal.com. Great. Well, check out Parrish and all the work there. Those guys do a great job covering both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Parrish, as always, we enjoy talking to you and uh, appreciate you being on the podcast. John, thanks a lot. Okay, thanks as always to our good buddy Parrish Offord of the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. And after the break, you'll hear from Chin Coleman, UK basketball assistant coach. Hand feature and open straight to questions, please. Tyler Tucker, start us off. What what stands out to you about sort of what Davion has brought to the table this year? I know you weren't here last year, but he he was he had to kind of serve as sort of the spokesman in the face of a bad team that was going through a lot of struggles. And and this year is a different role for him. But what 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 do you what comes to mind when you think what he brought to you all this year? Character, first and foremost, is uh uh character and and um He's obviously been through uh, some triumphs and he's been through some, obviously some hardships. That's just how college basketball goes. And I think that the kid is unbelievable and his character always shines through. Um, so for us, uh, he's been consistent in who he is. He, he, he comes uh, to the gym and, and what he's, what I call an everyday guy. And uh, he, he's going to definitely be, be missed, but we got so much left to do, and he's going to be a big part of uh, what all left that we have to do for sure. But I'm 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 happy to have gotten to know the young man and to gotten the opportunity to spend a lot of time with him to to, to coach him. He and I uh, we have a relationship away from basketball. We talk about uh, so many other different things. He's just a a, a high character, well rounded young man. John Clay. Chen, after the game tomorrow night, I think between uh, the next next day and the SEC tournament, you'll have just one game, the Florida game. You have a lot more practice time. How beneficial will that be, and what are some of the things you think Coach will want to focus on during those practices? Uh, I don't know if there's a, a lot more practice time. There, there may be one or two days, uh, but it's us versus us. At this point, I think Coach – uh, Calipari would like to see us starting to form into playing our best basketball at this time. And so I think um, 
um, we'll spend a lot of time just tighten up the screws and um, tighten up us and, 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 and getting prepared uh, to pack our bags and play for uh, a long time. Jen, we talk a lot about NIL and what it means for recruiting high school players or transfers or whatever, but how do you think that's going to play in to guys making their draft decisions or stay or go decisions after the year? Is that a new factor that's going to, going to be in this process when the season winds down? Um, that's a good question. Um, um, unfortunately, I don't know how, how much or less will it play a factor in whether guys will decide to leave, come back, or recruiting. Um, I think that you just got to be able to play par for the course, if that makes sense. You got to just be able to uh, keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, and kind of be knowledgeable of it and kind of be out front. And I think that uh, University of Kentucky – um, and Coach Calipari and our administration has, has done a good job of uh, being on the, the front side of it instead of on the back end of it. And I think that's given us uh, the experience we need to be able to deal with it and handle it um, whichever way it decides to, to flow. Jerry Tipton. Yeah, Jen, I asked Davion, uh, seven of the top nine teams lost on Saturday, including you guys, as you know. What, uh, well, how does that play on your mind? I, I think that's never happened before. Seven top 10 teams losing on the same day. Um, for us, I think we have to be able to just focus on what it is that we're doing. I know that that was a, a storyline, but for us, we had an opportunity to win. We lost um, on the road in a hostile environment by one possession. Um, we obviously could have done some things to put us in a better position so that it didn't come down to a one possession game, but unfortunately it did. And, and, and losing it hurts. It's not something that we want to get comfortable with, but at the same time, um, again, our focus is on getting better again, every single day, every single practice, every single possession, the first practice possession of practice today is what's important for us. But I'm sure that that's the same sentiments that everybody will share that loss that that was in that top 10, a conversation is to continue to try to get better and um, prepare to play your best basketball as we get closer and closer to uh, postseason tournaments. And after the game, Coach Cal uh, wondered about a call in the final minute at Arkansas. I believe he meant on the inbounds to Keon. I think they called Keon for pushing off, I think, pushing the defender away. I'm wondering what that looked like when you guys reviewed it. Um, Could have been a, you know, Maybe a 50-50 deal, you could call it. You cannot call it. I know that um, if you if you watch my mannerisms on the sideline, I never wonder. I never focus on the referee, and I didn't as a as a player, and I don't as a coach. It's players play, refs, refs, coaches, coach. So, I mean, I don't know. 50-50 call, maybe, but they called it, so we have to live with it. Hey, Coach, um, obviously this is your first full season at Kentucky, but, you know, when you think about how this team is sort of trying to find a way to build chemistry, um, it, I know Coach Cal has a lot of experience doing this with, you know, basically wholesale roster turnovers every year with so many players leaving. But, you know, this year there's a mix of more veterans and freshmen. Um, you know, how have you noticed this team come together? And, you know, what's difficult about having the recruiting strategy like Coach Cal has? My 
first of all, the, the first part of your question is my first year here so far has been unbelievable. I'm still living a dream. Let's just stick right, stay right there. I'm, I'm still living in my dream. I haven't come out of it yet, but um, I think it's been fun for us to uh, coach a, a team with, 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 with experience. I think we're balanced in terms of our, our, our class structure, what we have in terms of seniors, juniors, sophomores, freshmen. Um, I think we have a really good balance of our class structure and it's, it's been fun because this is a team that we obviously uh, can do different things with and, and add new things and try new things. And, and in terms of our schematics offensively and defensively, only because this is a smart group and not just because it's a more veteran group. Our freshmen are really smart and they're really, <clears throat> excuse me, they're really dialed in and, 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 and have a lot of uh, cerebral basketball uh, knowledge themselves. So uh, it's just been fun. And, and, and maybe it's been different for coach. And I think he, he would have to answer that. But for me and for us as a whole and our, our staff, I think I can say that this has been a, a fun group to coach. It's an unbelievable group with a high bunch of high character kids. And just a quick follow up on that. Um, obviously, when you're at Illinois, that's a place where there's maybe a little bit less roster turnover, but it's still college basketball. You're still going to basically get a new team every four years. But I guess, is it harder or easier when you have just such high turnover like there is at a place like Kentucky? And, you know, this year there's maybe less of that. Is that East things? I think it's harder at maybe, you know, some other places, but I think uh, Coach Kyle has been able to master it. He's the best. I mean, let's be clear. He's He's won at a high, high level more than anybody in college basketball with having turnover every year and bringing in new guys every year. And, and I think that he's shown that he can obviously coach uh, that kind of style and then having a style like this team with guys that have returned and having um, older mixture uh, of guys. And I think it just depends on the individual. And, and, and Coach Kyle obviously is a Hall of Famer. He's been able to show that he can do it all. Hello, coach. Hope you're doing well. Uh, after tough losses this season, you we showed you the team always bounced back with a win. How how important is to have the ability that ability uh, preparing the team for March, and how important is to have players like Davion, like Kellen, to help this team make the, the that bounce back ability. Um, man, I think Davion and and Kellen. Oh my God, like to be down two tough games uh, that we had to play here at home without the other two guards are uh, Savir and, and, and Ty Ty. I mean, for the, 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 the step up next man up mentality that we have on our team and in our locker room, it's unbelievable. Every single guy has had their moments, right. And every single guy in our roster has had the opportunity to impact winning at some point in time. And so when you say bounce back, I think that the bounce back ability um, has something to do with, you know, the, 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 what we have in our locker room and we have a tight knit group that we don't bend, we don't fold, we don't break. And, and one thing I said to our guys the other day is that the strength of the pack depends on the wolf and the strength of the wolf depends on the pack, which means that we get our strength from each other. And as long as we continue to do that, there's, we don't come, we don't get too high. We don't get too low. We, we, we stay, even kill, and we get we get our strength from each other. And for you personally, from coaching standpoint as well, how coachable is this team from your perspective? Very coachable. This is a, a very coachable group. 
Uh, they're all bought in. They all like each other. We all have fun. They all believe in Coach Calipari. Um, they understand that uh, what he's what he's doing and what he wants from each individual. There is no guessing. And and so with that being said, this group is locked in. It's dialed in, and and we're connected. And we talk about connectivity a lot. We talk about touches a lot. We 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 touch each other a lot. Uh, that 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 whole connectivity thing. And, and this is a fun group to coach. A fun group to be around. They love each other. And we're, we're excited about where this group is going and what we're going to do. Jerry, back to you. Tim, uh, Coach Cal and the players talk about how uh, for each opponent or most of them, it's a Super Bowl to play Kentucky, a big, big game. What's, how, how, what's that challenge like for your guys to play 20-some Super Bowls in a season? After a while, experience becomes the best teacher. I think that, you know, at first, for me, it's been uh, a culture change for me and a culture shock for me as well. But I think that after a while, and you, you keep walking into everybody's white out, blue out, green out, orange out, red out, and some type of event, um, I think that you got to get used to it a little bit. I think that we've played in a lot of hostile environments um, this year, and I think that our guys are kind of used to it, that they're not bothered by it and and they know that um it's us against the world and so we have a a tight group man and 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 these guys they understand what we walk into on the road and they're prepared for the challenge how helpful can that be chin in the postseason in march when it literally is win or go home very helpful but i from what i heard the the, the great part about being here at Kentucky is big blue, big blue nation travels. And so a lot of those neutral sites become home sites for a big blue nation. So we, we expect to see uh big blue nation out in full force because obviously the, the COVID situation is a little different now and hopefully that'll, that'll help us out. But we have experienced um, neutral sites. We've experienced hostile environments and hopefully we'll draw from those experiences and, and again, be prepared for whatever the challenge is. Thanks. Finishes off. Hey, Chen, fresh minds, fresh legs. That's something we hear a lot this time of the year. And I was wondering if you think uh, this team has the mind and the, and the legs now to be able to finish out the regular season, possibly play uh, three games and three nights in the tournament, and then uh, three more weekends uh, in March. Um, I, uh, yeah, our, our, our head coach, man, I mean, Coach Kyle is – he, he, like I said, he's he's the best, and and he's he understands what it means to uh, win in advance, and and in this time of year, he's done it time and time again. So he's gonna manage us the way he best seems to manage us to make us the best team we need to be in March, and he 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 talks about March a ton, and so we're prepared. He's gonna prepare us. He'll have us prepared, and uh, the management part is. He's the best at it. So uh, uh, I look forward to it. Just being a, uh, on his staff and, 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 and witness how he does this over and over time and time again. From, from a personal standpoint, how are your legs and your minds right now after a year? Me as a, me as a coach? Yes. Oh, you seen my energy, man. What kind of question is that? I'm ready to roll. <laughs> <laughs> you see me, I'm ready to roll. Only thing is, I can't check in, but my energy will be ready. Seven in the morning, six in the morning, it don't matter. I'm ready. All right. Thank you. All right. Last one to Kyle Tucker, and then we're going to let you go. 
as you talk about energy with a probably like four-year-old coca-cola product in front of you there that's never been opened what what is your uh what gets you going what's your energy drink of choice nothing i don't drink coffee chocolatos macalatos lattes i don't drink none of that stuff man just just the excitement about life and being happy um to be coaching at the university of kentucky that what drives me just life i recommend diet coke have a I, don't good drink, I don't drink <laughs> i don't drink i don't drink diet coke neither thank you everyone appreciate it okay that'll do it for this edition of the john clay podcast thanks as always to parish offered of the northeast mississippi daily journal remember kentucky ole miss seven o'clock tuesday night at rep arena you can follow me on twitter at john clay iv check out my sidelines blog during the game i have a dedicated twitter feed with updates from the game you'll score statistics opinions observations you name it after the game look for my three takeaways uh, as well follow mark story on twitter at mark c story ben roberts on twitter at ben roberts hl and jerry tipton on twitter at jerry Tipton. They'll all be tweeting from the game as well there at Rupp Arena on Tuesday night. Uh, Again, my thanks to Parrish Offert. My thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.